Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Dr. D's Dating Diaries. You are going to hear a lot of anecdotal dating stories that are really hilarious. And I can't make this stuff up, honestly. What I want to do with these stories is I want it to be a teaching point and a learning point on what we as women do and what men do and how we can actually work together and actually start dating harmoniously and not have these horrific dating stories come up again. Take the time to listen to this. Have a laugh because I swear to you, I cannot make these stories up. But I also want you to take home a learning point and realize that both men and women have to heal themselves first before they can actually be good partners to one another. So in this episode, I'm going to discuss matchmakers and how incredibly wrong they can actually go. And despite the best reviews that you might find or even the worst reviews you might find on the matchmakers on Google or wherever, it's a hit or miss out there, guys. So when I first got to Vancouver, my mom being my mom told me that I needed to find a matchmaker because she said with my personality, which is quite a strong personality, that I would actually probably be best suited to have a matchmaker find me a suitable match for me. And so, followed my mama, went and found a matchmaker who is this fast-talking American woman, and she seemed pretty nice, and she was from New York, um, and she'd been settled in Vancouver for a long time. So I thought, okay, I will actually follow suit, I will pay for the program, And so each matchmaking program is different. And depending on which membership you take, you could get a couple years, a few more years, one year, blah, blah, blah. So essentially, I took a package where I got two full years or 12 different prospects, depending on which came first. And I mean, if I met my perfect match after the first prospect, I'm not going to go through the whole two years, not going to go through the 12 prospects as well. Now, seemed fairly reasonable, seemed fairly logical. You pay a lot of money for these things. So you assume that when they are finding you, your respective other prospect, that those people would also be paying about the same amount to join this matchmaking group. You would assume that someone in a lower membership would not be matched with someone paying a much higher membership. Well, that's what I would think, because quite frankly, and this might be bougie of me, this might be snobby of me, but quite frankly, I don't care. Based on the caliber of dates that they found for me, I would think it's essential that you don't pair someone who could barely afford a simple membership with someone who could afford a much higher ticket membership. Like I said, it made perfect sense to me. So that was my assumption and red flag number one and probably assumption, incorrect assumption number one is never assume that anyone is telling you the truth when it comes to this. So I had had one or two 
prospects already come through. And the first one they found me was an Indian guy. And if anybody actually knows me, I have had a couple bad experiences with Indian men. And if you don't know this, I am Indian myself. So now I'm not being racist. If anyone wants to get upset about it, I've actually looked it up in Google on the dictionary. I can't find the actual word for a person like me who would prefer not to date their own race group. But I've had a lot of difficult experiences with Indian men. And so I just thought, I don't want to deal with that. And in episodes to come, you will discover exactly why I don't want to date Indian men. But irrespective, it's now my preference. And since I was married to an Indian man in the past, when we got divorced, my mother actually told me, with your personality, please don't bring another Indian man home. He's not going to understand the strong woman that you are, the independent woman, successful woman that you are, who's not going to be sitting at home cooking and cleaning for him while you actually have a job to do and he sits at home or he sits in his mother's house doing nothing all day. And so I kind of agreed with her that those men would just not suit my personality. And so I decided, let me try with the matchmaking. And I was all excited. The first matchmaking person that they found me was an Indian guy. He was this yogi living up in the mountains and we just didn't click because the rules with the matchmaking is, and it's quite old-fashioned, and I like old-fashioned dating. I prefer that, I must admit. I don't believe that chivalry should be dead. I don't believe that just because I call myself a feminist, which means that I want equal rights and equal pay for women, that you can't hold a door open for me or you can't pay for my meal. Because quite frankly... That's about the only time that you're ever going to feel like a man in front of a person as successful as me. You may not like that I'm saying that, but unfortunately, because I've been on so many dates in Vancouver, it's a cold, hard truth. It's factual. And if anyone listens to this and is offended, don't listen anymore. You have that choice. But that's just my opinion. And I'm entitled to my own opinion. So I'm not really going to talk about the first date because he was just arrogant, cocky, and it just wasn't going to work out. Also, I wasn't happy with the fact that he was an Indian guy, despite the fact that I had delicately told the matchmaking service that I didn't want to date any Indian guys. Now, with the matchmaking service, the rule is they pair us together. They get my permission to say, Yes, I'm okay to go on a date with that person. They give that person my name, my number. They also give me their name and their number. The rule is as well, first phone call needs to be made by the guy to the woman. And it's a 10-minute conversation, just chatting and making an, an arrangement to meet up for a one-hour coffee date or drink date or whatever. And subsequently after that, you have three other dates which have to be activity dates. And so when people look at you strangely, 
I say, well, why not? Because whatever we are doing in this world, trying to date on our own, has not been working. So maybe a matchmaking service who seems to have some success rate actually knows what they're talking about. So I was quite happy to follow these rules because I was quite interested to see whether the matchmaking concept was actually going to work out. And by now I had been dating a little bit more. So I was experimenting to see whether this was the way to actually go for men and women to actually date successfully and end up in meaningful relationships. However, the first guy, apart from being Indian, was not following the rules. He had a 10-minute conversation. He booked dinner at an Indian restaurant, despite me saying that I cannot eat Indian food. He spoke about how he doesn't like following rules. And so for a first date, I just thought, well, that's a red flag. What do you mean you don't like following rules? Are you going to get arrested? Are you going to do illegal stuff? Because quite frankly, that's not, that's not my cup of tea. But the second guy they found me was an Ismaili guy. So perhaps I should have been clearer with the matchmaker that I don't date brown guys in general. So she found me this guy. He was an Ismaili guy. And he had phoned me. I was actually locoming out in the interior. So he had phoned me a couple of times. They told me that he was a teacher, that he's a really nice guy. So he'd phoned me because I was actually locoming in the interior and he couldn't make an actual coffee date with me soon. He phoned me quite a few times while I was in the t- interior having conversations with me. But his mannerisms were just ridiculous. Like he'd try playing 20 questions with me And then he'd say, well, you've got to ask me a question and you've got to be smart about it. You've got to be intelligent about it. And no offense, Mr. Teacher, I think, and I hate to say this because it's going to sound a little conceited, but the mere fact that I got into medical school means that I'm actually fairly intelligent. Now, when it comes to emotional intelligence, we'll discuss that at a different stage. But that's not what he was referring to, because he definitely didn't have any emotional intelligence. As most of the men that you will hear about on this podcast, they don't have the emotional intelligence of a rat. So we finally managed to meet at the Yaletown Brewery. And I was fairly impressed when I got there because... He knew that I was Hindu because he had asked that question while I was in the interior. He'd ordered a glass of wine for himself, a nine ounce glass, and there's significance to that. And he didn't order for me, thankfully, but he'd ordered a pizza and he said, I made sure that there was no beef or pork on it because I'm not sure whether you'd have any preference. So I thought, oh, that's actually kind of nice of him. Now, I eat anything, but I thought that was quite sweet of him. So I give him props for that. So any guys that are listening, that's an awesome thing. It means you've taken that into consideration. You've done a little bit of research and you took that time to actually listen to the woman because a lot of times guys just don't listen to us. And so it's those things that give you brownie points. Now, that was fine. And Of course, I walked in, saw him. He was wearing this sweater, which was all torn and tattered. Looked like a rat had attacked it. And I thought, okay, that's a little odd, but so be it. He had this nine ounce glass of wine, red wine. And 
this was at a stage where I had done my New Year's resolution and decided that I wasn't going to drink alcohol for a couple months of the year. And so I was having my club soda, which is fine. I don't have any issues with other people drinking. But I do have an issue if this is the first date and you end up having four nine-ounce glasses of wine. So as you can imagine, he steadily got drunker and drunker and drunker. Now, I realize that meeting a female physician can be extremely intimidating. I'm well aware of it because I've had my brother-in-law tell us that when he met my sister, who's a physician, then met me and then met my both my parents, so all four of us are physicians, that can be extremely intimidating. So even meeting one person like that could be fairly intimidating for an insecure person. Now, he got drunker and then proceeded to bash his ex-wife in terms of saying such nasty things about her and saying things about how she always tries to make him look bad in front of his daughter, blah, blah, blah. Now, lesson to both men and women, on a first date, don't bash your exes. It just doesn't sound right. It sounds like sour grapes. Whether they're wrong or right, save that for 10 conversations, 10 dates later, when you kind of know, okay, this is going somewhere and maybe I can actually tell them exactly what's happened. You don't tell them things like that right in the beginning because it just, it doesn't leave a good taste in anyone's mouth. So he was going on about that and then he let it slip that both his mom and his daughter think that he's an alcoholic. So I raised my eyebrows and then he went on to say that he had two DUIs. So I'm thinking, well, you are an alcoholic and based on the fact that I've just seen you down four nine ounce glasses of red wine, you probably are. And he was not stopping. And of course, as per usual, he was getting more and more belligerent and cocky and arrogant and going on about how smart he is when he's drunk. And so I finally put my hand up and said, okay, you know what, we're going to agree to disagree with that because if I start talking, you're going to get really upset with me. And so he did leave it. But his whole mannerism, the way he was talking, and he basically told the matchmaking service that he was a teacher. But then I find out that he's a bartender at the Victor. And it's like, where would you have time to bartend at the Victor if you're a teacher? So I thought, okay, maybe he was an alcoholic and was fired from teaching. It's possible. But then the matchmaker should have done their due diligence because quite frankly, two DUIs and fired from teaching is not exactly my cup of tea. It's almost like they really scraped the bottom of the barrel with this one. And I did. I actually told the matchmaker afterwards because I was furious. I was like, what, did you go and scrape the bottom of the barrel? Because I don't think he has two cents to actually match up together to even pay for a membership. So how did you find this dumbass? And the matchmaker and I had a conversation and hers, her, her only opinion was, why didn't you leave sooner? And I thought... You actually vetted the guy. So it's not like I just went totally on a blind date. You vetted this person for me. So don't push it onto me. Don't try and gaslight me when you are not doing your f***ing job and you're getting paid to do that job. So we sat there. I had my pizza. I watched him drink. I watched him get drunker. I was not having much of a conversation because as per usual, he was just talking 
out of his ass about everything and telling me, of course, because the truth always comes out when you're drunk, telling me about him being an alcoholic, his mother thinking that he's an alcoholic, that he's actually a bartender. And then you've got to wait for this. He wanted me to come and see him at the victor while he was bartending. So I said, okay, what do you want to do? Am I expected to come there and watch you give me a drink and then you want me to tip you because that's not appropriate? Or are you offering to give me free drinks? If you're offering to give me free drinks, that's fine. But I don't think you'd be able to continue working at the Victor because you probably get fired. So suffice to say, that was the end of that conversation. I said my goodbyes. I left and I went to the matchmaker immediately because Fortunately, when it comes to the matchmaking things, if either party decides that, you know what, we've had a one date and it's just not working out, we don't think we should try three other activity dates, we can cancel. And so I actually told my matchmaker, okay, this was bottom of the barrel scraping for you guys. And I was livid. I actually told her. I accused her of being a scam artist because that's what it seemed like. It seemed very much like this matchmaking service in Vancouver were scam artists and they didn't know what the hell they were doing. And how do you match someone who's a bartender with me? And there's nothing wrong with a bartender, but there is something wrong with someone who lies and says that he's a teacher. And as a matchmaker, or if I ran a matchmaking service, I would vet every person down to making sure that I had a criminal record check on everybody. I don't want the people that have paid me good money to find a good match to end up with a serial killer. So that was my story in terms of one of my matchmaking adventures in Vancouver. And Brace yourself because I have a couple more and I will be sure to let you know about all of my matchmaking setups in the next couple episodes. That is it for today's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed the stories, but I also hope that you learned something. Be safe out there, guys, and see you next week.